Alright, so the regular season is finally over and the playoffs are about to start. I'm actually so gassed and I've been looking forward to the playoffs for the longest time. We've gotten rid of some of the less good teams and now we're just going to be getting good high-level basketball, the best players, and it's just going to be amazing to watch. I just want to start off by apologizing to all the medics who are fans of the podcast today is just going to be strictly about basketball i'm just going to be talking to you about my end of season award picks i'm going to be giving you all facts so if you don't agree with anything i say you got to go home and do your homework because i really know this stuff i've done my research so everything i'm telling you is 100 facts like it's not even opinion at this point i'm playing everything i say of course it's open to debate this topic is actually one of the main reasons i wanted to start a podcast just so i could give you guys my ideas and also hear what you guys think. Of course, everything I say, I back 100%. But I do want to get you guys' opinion. So let me know what you think. So how this is going to work is that for each different category, MVP, MIP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Six Man of the Year, and Coach of the Year, I'm going to be giving you one or two honorable mentions. And once I say those, I'll then go on to give my top three picks for each award. I'll start with third, then give you my second, and then my number one pick. So like I said, this is all facts. And if you don't agree, you got to go back and do your research, man. So yeah, let's just get straight into it. And we're going to be starting with the most improved player. And there's only one person to start with, and that's Derrick Rose, man. If he never got shut down for the remainder of the season and he played, let's say, even 70 games, he was who I would have picked for most improved player. And he was he's who I was rooting for right from the beginning of the season. We all saw him drop that 50-piece against the Jazz. And with this one, I'm not going to go into stats too much because this is more of like an emotional pick. I'm not even going to lie. But just looking at the eye test, man, this guy had been through so much. And even just see him play 51 games, that was enough for me to give him an honorable mention. So just like getting healthy this season, that's what made me say like, yeah, this guy's improved so much. Like I said, he played 51 games. Last year, he played nine games the year before. He played 16 games, and the year before that, he played 25 games. So for him to play 51 games, be healthy, be giving you 18 points per game, his most points per game since 2016, I just had to give him an honorable mention, man. So a shout-out to D-Rose. Happy to see you back and healthy, and hopefully we get like many more years of you just enjoying your basketball. And my second honorable mention is Darren Fox. He's made a really good jump from his rookie year. It looks like the game is slowing down for him. He's a lot more patient, a really good pick and roll player, getting his teammates involved, and he just seems to be making improvements in like all the facets of his game. So I just had to give him that. The Kings had a really good run this season. They were fighting for a playoff spot up until maybe like the last two weeks, and a lot of that success did have to do with their young point guard making like a big leap from his rookie year to his sophomore season. Yeah, so those are my two honorable mentions. So just getting into my top three picks. Starting with third, I actually got to get like a drum roll for this podcast or something like that. So yeah, starting with my third pick, I'm going to be giving it to Buddy Hield of the Sacramento Kings. All right, so when Buddy Hield left Oklahoma and got drafted, he was meant to be the next Steph Curry. And for a kid coming out of college, the bar was set way too high. And to be honest, he was never going to reach that. So they kind of set him up for a disappointing start to his season. 
And to make matters even worse, he was traded in his second year from the Pelicans to Sacramento. And I actually liked Buddy coming out of college, but when I saw he was going to Sacramento, I was like, oh man, like Sacramento is where careers go to die. And this guy hasn't even gotten his chance. But since he got to Sacramento, he's been putting in so much work. And this year he made like such a good jump. He went from giving you 13 and a half points per game to over 20 points per game. And to me, once you start scoring 20 points a game in this league, that's when like you can say you're really here, like you have actually arrived and you're like a legit star in this league. He made the fourth most threes in the league and he was also being efficient as well. He wasn't just chucking them up. He finished seventh in the league in three-point field goal percentage. Even his rebounding and assist numbers went up. So he was having like career highs across the board. And those are the things that you got to look into when you're trying to pick your players who you're going to like say are the most improved. And the personal numbers also translated to wins. To me, there's no point if you're putting up all these numbers, but your team's still terrible. The Kings finished ninth in the West. And like we all know how crazy the West is. And before that, they finished 12th the year before. So they made a really good jump. They're a really good team and they were fighting for the playoffs. And that to me was like directly related to their young stars, Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox making such a big jump. These guys are young players. They're going to keep improving. And maybe in a few years, who knows, the Sacramento might actually start competing for playoff spots. But yeah, for number three, I got to give it to Buddy Heald. Had a career year, helped his team stay relevant. They made a playoff push and hopefully he just keeps on getting better, man. Probably never going to be Steph Curry, but then again, we're probably never going to see another Steph Curry. But if he just keeps on being this buddy heel, then he's going to be like a solid player in this league. So when it comes to my top two, you guys probably have a good idea of who it's going to be. And both players are really deserving, but for my second place, I'm going to give it to Pascal Siakam, who plays for the Toronto Raptors. So first thing I actually want to start off with is just like, bro, your nickname, Spicy P, you got to work on that. You're too good to be having such a dead nickname, like Spicy P is just not the one. So from the moment I first heard that nickname, it's been, I've actually like had that in my mind for so long, so I just had to get that off my chest. All right, so let's get back to the actual basketball stuff. So... It's interesting because Siakam and Buddy Hield were actually in the same draft and both of them have like improved so much, which is good to see. So this is Siakam's third year and literally all his stats are up. He's having career highs and points per game. He's giving you 17 points a game. He's giving you seven rebounds and three assists. And to me, one of the biggest things is that he went from starting only five games last year to starting 79 games this year. He's become such an important piece of what the Raptors do. He's playing a massive role in how they play. He's like a stretch four that can handle the ball, hit wide open threes. He can space the floor. So he's such an important part of how they play. The reason I gave him the nod over Buddy Hield is pretty much because of the team success. Actually, he's in general a better player than Buddy Hield. Even though Buddy is giving you more points a game, he's like rebounding the ball more and probably assisting the ball at the same clip. But if you just go by the eye test, he just looks like a more established player. He's a starter on a team that didn't just make the playoffs, but they finished with the second best record in the league. You got to give him props for that. And to be honest, if the Raptors really want to go deep in the playoffs and potentially achieve their goal of winning a championship, then he's got to play as best as he can. Okay, so now my winner of this year's most improved player goes to D'Angelo Russell, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Man, I got to start by saying that the Lakers are actually probably punching the air right now. 
personally for me one of the biggest things you can do to get most improved player consideration is to go from a player who by some was considered a bust he was an afterthought in the trade between the lakers and brooklyn and now this guy actually made the all-star team what more can you do to like silence your doubts and just show people that you have arrived I mean, the guy is averaging 21 and 7 as the best player on his team, which are just really good numbers. And I've been hearing a lot of debate about how people think Siakam should win it. But for me, what the deciding factor is between Siakam and Russell is that D'Angelo Russell is actually the best player and the leader on his team. And without him, the Brooklyn Nets are probably nothing. They don't make the playoffs. But Siakam is what may be the fourth option on his team maybe on a good day, the third scoring option. So to me, your role plays a massive factor in being considered the most improved player. If Siakam goes down, the Raptors aren't going to be as good, but they're not going to like implode and not make the playoffs because they've still got amazing players like Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. So like I said, the, re- the fact that D'Angelo Russell is leading his team, I've just got to give him that most improved player nod to go from a player who by many was considered a potential bust to go to an all-star leading your team to the playoffs giving me over 20 a game and seven assists come on man to me it's not even close like this guy should just get the award today even all right so that wraps up the first award and we're just going to get right on to the second one and i'm going to be talking to you about the defensive play of the year I know defense isn't something people really care about, but we got to talk about it anyway. But for this one, I'm only going to be giving one honorable mention. And it may come as a bit of a surprise to some of you, but my honorable mention is PG-13, Paul George, who plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we all know Paul George had that crazy stretch where he was in the MVP discussion and the defensive player of the year discussion. He was giving you buckets, but he was also locking guys down. But I think all that changed when he had that like knee injury. And once he came back, he just wasn't really the same player. Then the Thunder just spiraled and were fighting for their playoff lives. And that affected his standings in the defensive play of the year race. So when you're picking these awards, you get like a group of people who just go by the eye test. So the few games they see, the highlights they see, those are who they make their picks off of. But to get a really good idea of who deserved the awards... You only you don't only want to go by the eye test. You also want to look at some of the next-gen stats. And Paul George, he did lead the league in steals. And with the eye test, he was a great on-ball defender. But if you look at some of those stats, like defensive win shares or defensive rating or even like defensive box plus minus, he wasn't in the top five of any of those. And those are the ones that really let you know how good a defender somebody is and how much their defense is actually leading to wins and i'm not gonna lie because paul george is probably the best on ball defender of everybody i'm gonna mention but to me just going off the eye test and seeing how different he was post the knee injury i just couldn't put him into my top three but you've still gotta show respect and give him the honorable mention just because of how well he played for like the first i'll say like three quarters of the season i'll still put him into my top four pretty much and moving on to the top three i'm gonna say my third pick for defensive play of the year is andre drummond who plays for the detroit pistons so the pistons had a really up and down season and 
you can definitely say was a disappointing season. But as always, Andrew Drummond has been a solid defender. He's always an elite rim protector. He finished sixth in total blocks and was first in defensive win shares. So to me, defensive win shares is the most important stat when you're looking at how good of a defender somebody was. It pretty much says how many games were won because of your defense. So that's what I looked at to gauge a lot of the people I'm putting up for these awards. So I've got to give him that. If you led the league in defensive win shares, while also being sixth in blocks and just being an all-around good rim protector, then to me, you've got to crack the top three. He was also third in defensive rating and eighth in defensive box plus minus. So he was top 10 in the three major defensive stats. And just looking at that, not even just the stats, but even going by the eye test, he deflected a lot of shots. He disrupted a lot of attempts at the rim. So just watching a few Detroit Piston games and looking at those stats, like I said, defensive rating, defensive win shares, and defensive box plus minus. I've just got to get him into my top three, man. And to be honest, some of you may be saying how Detroit was terrible this year. And you wouldn't be lying. They had a really disappointing season. But remember that these awards are individual awards. Of course, team success does play a part. But for me, that's when you're comparing two players who are pretty close. And you need something just to like sway the votes in one side. But to me, it wasn't too close between my fourth and third pick. So that's why even though Detroit... And even thinking about it, like both Detroit and OKC didn't have good team success. But the difference is that for OKC, the expectations were so much higher. And Detroit, nobody expected them to be like a top five team in the East, especially not a top four. So I'm just going to give Andre Drummond the nod ahead of Paul George and put him in at my top three. So with my number one and two pick for the defensive play of the year, because things were so close between these two guys, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to tell you who the two are at the same time and then i'm just gonna go back and forth and comparing both of them all right so coming in second for the defensive player of the year award is the stifle tower himself rudy gobert and of course the defending defensive player of the year and just slightly getting ahead of him for winning defensive player of the year is drum roll the greek freak himself Giannis atatakumpo when you look at these two guys, what's crazy is that they're pretty much first and second in most of the major defensive categories that I'm selecting. Defensive win shares, Gobert was second with 5.7. Giannis was third with 5.5. Defensive rating, Giannis was second, Gobert was fourth. Defensive box plus minus, Giannis was first, Gobert was second. Gobert had more blocks, but Giannis had more steals. So you could really pick whoever you like. But for me, one of the reasons why I'm going with Giannis is because Giannis is the more versatile defender. Like this guy can legit guard one through five. I've seen him like smother point guards and then come back and like give me four blocks on Embiid. So you can literally put this guy on anybody and he's going to give you like 100% while giving like the stank face on like everybody he's guarding. And I just love the intensity he brings. It's like full like mumbo mentality. And Gobert, he's an amazing defender and he's a great rim protector, but you're not going to want him on the perimeter guarding like Damian Lillard or something. That's just like barbecue chicken every single time. And another thing that went against Gobert is like I said, he's the reigning defensive player of the year. And to me, if you're going to repeat an award, you've got to have a year so much better than you did before. 
and you've got to be heads like above the person who's coming in second because that's like historic if you're going to be repeating an award. If we look at some of the other people that have repeated as defensive player of the years, you've got like Kawhi, iconic defender. You've got like Dwight Howard, who at a time was like the most dominant player at his position. So to me, if you want to repeat, you've got to really be better than you were the year before when you won that award. And I just don't think Gobert's had that much of a leap from what he did the year before. He's still nice, but to me, he just didn't make that big a jump for me to like say, yeah, this guy needs to go back to back. Like, do you know what it means to go back to back in something? So to me, he just didn't get to that level. And then when things are this close, another thing like I will go by is the eye test. Who had more highlight plays? Who like caught your attention more on defense? And to me, Gobert, he, like I said, he's nice, but he's just kind of like a steady presence who's always there. But to me, Giannis was just nasty. Like, like I said, he had the four blocks in Embiid. Like he pinned him on the backboard and Embiid just like landed flat on his back. Like Giannis just like, had that killer instinct on defense for me. So I've got to give him the nod in the defensive player of the year voting. So like I said, that's my top three. So winning it is Giannis. Coming in second is Rudy Gobert. And third is Andre Drummond. All right, so that's a wrap for defensive player of the year. And we're going to be moving on to coach of the year. So starting off in the same way with all the others, my honorable mentions are Greg Popovich. Because obviously he's the GOAT coach, so i got to always get him in there. And I'm going to go with Nate McMillan, the head coach of the Pacers. I actually need to give a shout out to the Pacers because honestly, when they lost Oladipo after just 36 games, I didn't really have them making the playoffs. Maybe if I did, I maybe had them at like a 7th or 8th seed. But they've been just super impressive, not only making the playoffs, but actually being comfortable. Like They've been sat well in the playoffs. For the longest time, they were the fourth seed. It was only up until the last couple of weeks where they kind of slid to the fifth seed. So massive shout out to them. They've been really impressive. And whenever you have a team that doesn't really have a lot of superstars and they're all just like playing as one unit, you've got to put it down to coaching, man. So I want to give Nate McMillan my honorable mention and just like give him his give him his respect. All right. So I'm actually not going to spend too much time on coach of the year because it's coach of the year to be honest so my third pick is kenny atkinson who's the head coach for the brooklyn nets he found a system that worked for these guys and he got his team into the playoffs like i said we didn't see this coming they are years ahead of schedule i didn't think i thought it'd be like in the lottery again but congrats to the coaching staff they went from winning 28 games to 42 games they finished with the sixth seed so i just got to give it to the head coach and give him my third pick so coming in second is Mike Budenhauser. So the Bucks, they had the best record in the league. They were first in defense, fourth in scoring, most points per game. And to me, anytime you can do something better than Golden State, you really need to get some respect. And they went from seventh in the East the year before to having the best record in the league. That's crazy. The jump that they had is just ridiculous. But the reason I'm not going to give him the winning spot and give him the award is just because he has the best player in the league. And yeah, I don't want to trigger anybody. I'm not saying Giannis is better than KD or LeBron or anybody like that. I'm just saying this year, 
Giannis has been the best player and the fact that, and if not the best, at worst, the second best player this year. So the fact that Mike Budenhauser can always fall back on Giannis and just say, Giannis, yeah, just go like get me some buckets. I just have to like dock him a few points, but they've still been amazing. And yeah, he gets my second vote. And to me, the winner of the Coach of the Year award goes to Mike Malone from Denver. These guys didn't make the playoffs last year. They've pretty much run everything back. They've come back with the same squad and they finished with the second record in the West. I remember last season, it literally came down to the last game of the season where they played Minnesota for the final playoff spot in the West and they fell just short. And I remember thinking, oh, this team is like one superstar away from making a push for the playoffs. And they didn't even need that. They just came back with the same players. They developed their guys and now they're in the playoffs. And to me, the thing that really separates Mike Malone as a coach is that Yeah, I know Jokic is nice and he's elite, but personally, I wouldn't say he's a top 10 player in this league. And the team has just like a bunch of good players, but they're not flooded with like superstar level talent. And there are young players. So to me, when you have good young players, that's when you really need a coach that can step up and put them in a position to really win and be successful. And just looking at where they've come from, to me, it was easy just to give this guy the award top 10 in both offense and defense and they did it in the west i mean come on man like what can you even say how can you hit on this guy yeah so shout out to mike malone and the denver nuggets and hopefully they go far in the playoffs all right so the next award is the sixth man of the year and this is actually a word i'm also not going to spend too much time on because it's actually a wrap it's not even close so i don't even want to waste you guys' time there are some honorable mentions maybe like montres harrow from the clippers Irvin Andre Iguodala, who's a part of the death lineup with the Warriors. But to me, it's not even close. The only person it could be is Sweet Lou, Lou Williams. Literally the sixth god. Like He broke the record for the most points in NBA history off the bench. He's giving you 20 a game off the bench. Like this guy, he's just like a professional scorer. We hear it all the time. Every time you watch him, he's like giving guys left and right, just like quick pop, pop. And like people are looking for their ankles his uh what's it called his pick and roll play is just elite so this guy he could be a starter on any other team but i respect this guy so much because he always preaches about just know your role know what works for you and he knows at this stage in his career he's more suited to coming off the bench and this guy was getting serious all-star all-star buzz coming off the bench like it's crazy he's putting up numbers off the bench that some guys can't even put up starting so to me it's not even close i don't even want to waste your time it's lou williams and it should even be unanimous maybe montez harrell could get you like a couple of votes but to me he's not really a sixth man but like whenever people say sixth man they usually just think who's like giving you numbers off the bench but to me it's the professional scorer lou williams and it ain't even close all right so now we're moving on to rookie of the year and my first honorable mention is the young bull Colin Sexton, who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we all know as soon as LeBron left, he dragged the souls of like Cleveland's playoff hopes with him. And there was just no way they were going to make it to the playoffs. So when Tristan Thompson was talking about, oh yeah, the East still goes through us. It was just, it wasn't even funny. It was just kind of sad. Like there's probably something wrong with this guy. 
But Colin Sexton, he's been a nice addition to the squad. He's a scorer and he's efficient. He's giving you 17 points a game and he's shooting 43% from the field, 40% from three and 84% from the free throw line. So he's a nice young player and he's going to get better. The only thing I'd say is that he's a point guard and I'd say he needs to get his teammates involved a lot more. He's only averaging three assists a game and just watching him, he's really focused on getting his. He doesn't really focus on how he can help his teammates. So that's just something that's going to come with him developing and growing in this league. And I think he's going to be a good addition for the Cavs. So coming in at third on my rookie of the year picks is the first overall pick in the draft, DeAndre Ayton, who plays for the Phoenix Suns. So this guy, even as a rookie, is a double-double machine. He's giving you 16 and 10. And to me, as a rookie, that's impressive for not even just it's impressive for anyone to be giving you a double-double. But as a rookie, that's what makes it even more impressive. And I just expect him to keep on getting even better. He led all rookies in rebounding, which is really impressive. He's up there in scoring. So I had to give him my third spot. So coming in at second, and most of you probably know this already, I'm giving it to Ice Trey, Trey Young, who plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And since All-Star break, he's actually been on like a crazy tier. He's been, he's probably been the best rookie since the All-Star break. He's averaging 25 points a game, nine assists and five rebounds. Like that's, those are MVP numbers. And he's got unlimited range. He's got that Steph Curry pull up from the parking lot. He's got a nice handle, passing game, crazy. And he's gonna be he's gonna be a problem in this league for years to come. But I think the only thing is that he kind of left it a bit too late. So we kind of fell in love with the winner of Rookie of the Year before we really got a chance to see what this kid was about. He's second in points per game amongst rookies and he's first in assists. He's had some game winners as well, and he's just had an overall good season, averaging 19 and 8. And like I said, he's nice and he's just gonna keep getting better. So ATL should be really happy with the trade they made. Because remember on draft night, they pretty much traded uh, Luka Doncic for him. And they also get a draft pick this year, which is going to be amazing for them. So I'm really happy with Trey Young and he's only going to keep getting better. And he's got like such a cool nickname as well. I mean, Ice Trey, crazy. And now moving on to the winner of the Rookie of the Year. And a lot of you probably knew this already. And I'm going to give it to Luka Doncic. To be honest, I think once we saw that first step back three this guy did, I think we all knew this guy was going to be, he was going to be something special. And I mean, once you start getting named in the same sentence as players like LeBron and MJ, you know, it's a wrap and like this guy, he's going to run away with this award. But shout out to Trey Young. He actually made it a bit of a race. I mean, Luca, he joined the 25 and 5 club. So he averaged over 20 points, over five assists and over five rebounds. They've only been like, four other players in NBA history to do that two of which were LeBron and MJ I mean this this kid's been special amongst rookies he was first in points per game second in assists and second in rebounding he averaged 21 7 and 6 that's like those are all-star numbers so like that was really impressive he hasn't even been playing like a rookie and I guess maybe if you want to hate you could say he's been playing professionally for years so he was kind of like coming in not really as a rookie but at the end of the day, it's his first year. This is kind of like that Ben Simmons type of argument. But he was the best rookie in this class. And he's just going to keep getting better. Like in a few years, I can't wait to see what kind of player he's going to become. He's been elite and he deserves the award. So shout out to him. 
So we're finally at the main event. This is the one you guys have all been waiting for. We're going to be talking about the most valuable player, the MVP. All right, so like I said, I've been dropping facts this whole time, and now it's time for the big one. So my honorable mentions are, first, I'm going to give it to Steph Curry, best shooter ever, led his team to the best record in the West. I know a lot of us are bored with the Warriors, like continued dominance, but at the end of the day, you got to reward the best players on the best teams. Even though he's probably not going to win MVP, he still cracks my top five, and I'm going to give him that fifth spot. He's averaging 27, 5, and 5, so you just got to give him the respect he deserves and put him in the top five. All right, so my second honorable mention, who I guess you could say is finishing fourth. I actually got to get up for this one because whenever I see this guy getting disrespected, it actually gets me kind of heated, I won't even lie. We need to put some respect on Dame Dollar. Like, can we stop playing with this man? Damian Lillard needs to be in the MVP discussion every single year. He's not playing with too much. He's got a nice team, but like McCollum, he's not. I'd say McCollum's like a what top 25 player in the league. Nurkic, probably top 30. So this guy, he's almost single-handedly pushing his team into like high seeds in the West. Portland finished third in the West. You've got to give this guy the respect for that. He's given you, what, 26 and 7. And his team finished third in the West. And people don't want to put him in the MVP discussion. I mean, stop it. Just stop it. I mean, this guy is the fifth best point guard in the league. And out of this top five, I'd say he had a better year than Russ. So this year, he's been the fourth best point guard in the league. So we just really need to give this guy some respect, man. So that's why he's coming in at fourth on my list, getting that second honorable mention spot. So let's move on to third. All right. So with third, I was actually so tempted to give it to Damian Lillard, but... Just looking at it, thinking to the games, team success, individual success, some of the numbers, I actually decided to give it to Nikola Jokic. And I know I did say previously that he's not a top 10 player, but he still had a great year. I know there are a lot of games he doesn't show up. Like, he doesn't show up in a lot of the big games. His motor doesn't really run a lot of the time. He looks like he just isn't really bothered. I think in, like, his last five games of the regular season, there was a game he had five points a game he had like seven points so he does have like some really low low moments but at the end of the day he's averaging 20 10 and 7 i mean we can all agree that that's just those are crazy numbers 20 10 and 7 as a big giving me seven assists as a center that's just elite so i just had to reward him for that so the numbers kind of speak for themselves and when you factor that in with the team success like i said before they went from not making the playoffs to having the second best record in the West. I've got to reward it. Whenever there's team success, I like to reward the best player on that team. So not only has there been team success, they've he's had like an amazing year statistically. So that's why I've got to give him that third spot on the MVP ranking. And I know some of you may be thinking Paul George. And Paul George, to be honest, should have been an honorable mention. And he was having a monster tier. But like I said, after that knee injury... He just wasn't really the same. And the fact that OKC kind of spiraled and finished and they were pretty much fighting to not finish with the eighth seed. I just had to really dock him for that. But I guess if I was giving him an honorable mention, he would have finished like right behind Steph for that sixth honorable mention spot. But yeah, like I said, Jokic comes in at third. 
All right, so we're getting to the top two for MVP picks. And we all know that from the beginning of the season, this has been a two-horse race and it's not even been close. The gap between second and third has been, it's been massive right from the jump. So we all know the top two are James Harden and Giannis. Don't even need a drum roll for that because you guys knew that. So when I think about MVP, the things I think about are individual numbers, team success, and what's kind of important for me is how does your current season compare to what you did the year before? So I remember I used to talk to a few people and I used to say for me, the MVP award is kind of like the most improved player award for superstars. And that's one of the reasons like LeBron James hasn't won an MVP in so long because we've kind of gotten bored with how good he is. And he kind of stays at like a certain, just like at the same level. Yeah, we know he's always going to give you 27 He's always going to give you like eight assists. He's always going to give you seven rebounds. So to me, MVP is kind of like the most improved player award, but for the superstars in the league. And I know some people care about like historical significance, like, oh man, like nobody has ever done this before. And to me, it's like, I don't really care about that because the way the NBA is now, every single week we're like getting a new player who's doing something nobody's ever been done before. And they're always dropping down like, the bar because remember there was a time where they'd say like oh man this guy's the first person to get like 30 10 and 5 like it was like proper like round figures but now they'd be like oh man this guy's the first person to get 33 4 and like 2 assists that is like bro like why what are we what are we talking about right now it just doesn't even make sense so I don't really pay too much attention to all that, all that like historical significant stuff. All right. So if we're looking at Harden and Giannis, so Harden averaged, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He averaged 36 points a game. That's just unreal. Like if you didn't really think about it, let that sink in. He averaged 36 points a game. And while doing that, he was also giving you seven and a half assists. So I've got to give it to Harden. Personally, I don't really like the way he plays. I'm not a fan of all the like dribble, 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 step back or dribble, 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 drive into the lane. They get fouled on like something that wasn't even really a foul, but he put up crazy numbers. So I've got to give him that. And Giannis was giving you 28 and 12 and a half. So he averaged the double double as well, which is really impressive. So if we go into some of the like the stats, one of the stats, I don't know if you listened to one of my previous episodes, I mentioned PER player efficiency rating and to me that's kind of like the god stat and it just lets you know how well a player is doing like everything Giannis was first in PER and James was a close second so Giannis slightly like passed him up in PER but James was first in win shares so that's pretty much saying like which player contributed the most to their team getting wins and I guess it kind of makes sense because James is pretty much like that team's whole offense so he is going to get like a lot of win shares. And although James was first in win shares, Giannis was third. So it was pretty close. But where I kind of like start to move towards Giannis is because James averaged 36 and 7. Giannis averaged 28 and 12 and a half. So the numbers are like they're both putting up like ridiculous numbers. But Giannis gives you the defense. I already went into like how great a defender Giannis is when I spoke about my defensive player of the year picks. So like to me, Giannis is giving you both ends of the floor. And I know a lot of people don't care about defense anymore. But to me, that still means something. 
and I won't even lie, what's kind of crazy is that Giannis was, uh, I think he was like first in defensive rating and James Harden was 13th. Like, you know, we all give like, we all say how trash James Harden is on defense, but this guy was actually 13th in defensive, in that defensive category, which was surprising. I don't know how he got there, but it shows that he is trying on defense. So he's not terrible, but Giannis is just like a much better defender. And one thing I'm also going to give Giannis is, like I said, it's like a most improved player award for me for superstars. And James had already had like amazing, an amazing year last year. But if I compare it to this year, yeah, his individual numbers went up. But in terms of team success, they had a decline. Giannis, his team was like seventh in the East, but they made a massive jump and they now have the best record in the whole NBA. To me, like once you say like you have a better record than the Golden State Warriors, you've got to reward that team. Because remember last year when James Harden won the MVP, one of the driving factors was that the Rockets had a better record than the Warriors. So it was kind of cool, like somebody's finally dethroning the Warriors. And now the Bucks are kind of doing the same thing. So I've really got to give that to Giannis. Think back to the beginning of the season. There was a point in the season, it was around quarter through the season, and there was a time when the Rockets were like a 500 team. They were really struggling to like make it to the playoffs. Some people thought they wouldn't make the playoffs. And James Harden was playing then. I know eventually Chris Paul got hurt and the Rockets did face a lot of injuries. But really early on, everybody was healthy and they were playing terrible. I've got to like dock James Harden some MVP points because he was playing then and they were still terrible. Eventually, he did change his mindset and like put the team on his back, but we still got to remember that we can't pretend like it didn't happen. But meanwhile, Giannis has been just like steady, like balling from the beginning of the season. The Bucks have always had the best record in the league. So I've got to give like Giannis the slight like nod just because his team has always been at the top. It's amazing what James did when he kind of decided, yeah, forget all this. I'm just going to take like a million shots a game but there was a time when the Rockets were terrible it's kind of like the Luka Doncic and the Trey Young argument like Lucas started off amazing and he kind of maintained a certain level Trey didn't start off great but eventually he became even better but we can't pretend like that early part of the season didn't happen so that's another reason why I'm leaning towards Giannis yeah so when it comes to the MVP it's really whoever you like if you really like the scoring then i guess you could go for james because he averaged 36 points a game but if you like sort of like just doing a little bit of everything a player that can like play both ends of both ends of the floor guard all players then i guess you could lean to Giannis. but to me i'm gonna give the award to Giannis. so Giannis is my mvp just because of the crazy numbers the team success which is really important how much he's change the team's fortunes from what they were last year and at the end of the day it's just like the eye test that's another big thing that goes into the mvp when i talk about eye test a lot of it is playing style to be honest james his playing style really isn't my thing he is an amazing player but i do remember a lot of nights where he'd be like four of 16 from three he did have a lot of those like 20 percent, 30 percent uh shooting percentages from three he just was a bit inconsistent inconsistent at times but to be like i said Giannis was just kind of like a steady presence who was always just balling 
And another thing is like James, he did like score a crazy number of points, but he did lead the league in usage rate, FGA. So he took by far the most shots in the league. And he also did lead the league in missed shots. So I'm just going to use that as a little bit of seasoning just to back my point as why like James did have the amazing moments, but he also did have a lot of lows that Giannis didn't have. So with this one, with MVP, I say this is the one that I think is up for the most debate. I think it could literally go either way. And both sides have like a really good claim to the award. But I guess a lot of it is I'm just not really a James Harden fan. So I guess I'm kind of hating a little bit. But I would say I think Giannis has done just slightly more just to like nudge him out and claim that award. So I'm pretty confident that Giannis is going to be named the MVP. And I, and I know I went out on the limb saying he's going to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, which would be crazy. But this guy deserves it like he's just like, what, seven foot, two steps from the three-point line and he's dunking on guys. Then he's like hitting you with like the mean mug, just like showing people he doesn't care. This guy's been crazy and he deserves to be the MVP of the league. Yeah, so that's it, guys. Like I said, no lies have been told. Everything I've told you, I can put I could put money on nah, I'm not gonna put money on it, but I'm pretty sure that I guessed most of the awards right. And even with like the top three, I'm pretty like confident in my top three. But of course, like I said, it was because of topics like this that I really wanted to start this podcast. So I'm hoping I could just get some of your opinions. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I already got so many ideas for the next episode. I got something really cool planned with a few of my guys for the next one. So I'm already looking forward to the next time I speak to you guys. All right, guys. So just enjoy the playoffs. It's going to be crazy. And yeah, just looking forward to seeing who wins these awards. Later. But if God got us, then we gon' be all right. All right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right.